0: What to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So the title of this episode is called Triggered by the Tree. And I know it's December 14th, and most people have their tree set up. Most people have started Christmas shopping. Most people have gotten their recipes together of the things they're making, and you went and pulled the name for the White Elephant Gifts, and you probably went and bought some of them. Now, that's most people. You might be like, I'm not most people, and I'm real behind right now. And if that's you, that's okay. I wanted to record this episode earlier into December. This is a topic we covered at our mom's meeting, uh, that we do the second and fourth Friday of every month. And we get together at my church and it's all the moms. And we talked about this, like being triggered over the holidays and the stress. And, and I really wanted to record it earlier, but I'm glad I didn't because I think as Christmas approaches and it gets closer and closer and closer, the stress and the trigger level just goes through the roof. And I want to start by sharing a story that happened to me when I was setting up my tree uh, two Sundays ago. And we have a tradition in our house where the entire family sets up the tree together. My husband absolutely hates setting up the tree. So he, we have a fake tree. I'm allergic to real Christmas trees. So he brings the tree down for me he helps me get it set up. And then he kind of just sits back on the couch and watches me and the kids do the lights and all the ornaments and all the stuff. Well, we had planned to do it this Sunday. And that morning we went to church and it was an amazing church service. It was one of those services where you just felt on fire, like in the best way, like your soul was just going to explode. We sang really good, upbeat songs, like some of my favorite songs, and my arms were in the air, and I was just really feeling the message, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I felt amazing. Got my kids out of childcare, got in the car, drove home, still in a great mood, walked through the door, and it was just like the spirit was on me in the worst way of stress and irritation I was just in this awful mood like it was a switch that flipped and I know some of it has to do with of course the devil's always after us but I feel like I give him too much credit (laughs) a lot of times I'm like it's the devil it's the devil and it's like no it's probably because you drank five cups of coffee and didn't eat breakfast and you got four hours of sleep (laughs) like let's be real like it's not always the devil attacking us sometimes we're doing it to ourselves and I just didn't want to do the treat. I'm like, we, I want to lay in my bed and watch Netflix, shut my door and isolate from my family. And we'll deal with this next week. But I knew Monday, everyone was going back to school. My husband was going back to work. If we waited, we had to wait till the following weekend. And that following weekend, we actually had a lot of plans and it was busy. And so I'm like, let's just do it. So we're setting up the tree and I had a, I just had a horrible attitude. I was really snappy at my husband and my kids, like irritated when they did something wrong. My daughter, I set a whole box of ornaments on my side table, like balancing on one another, like an idiot. And my four-year-old daughter walked past him and they fell and like seven of them broke. They weren't even special ornaments. They were just like a box of colored ornaments that we had bought. So it wasn't like they had any value to me, but I lost it and I was so mad. And then we didn't have a dustpan when we were sweeping it up because we left our dustpan in our camper, which is in storage. And I'm like, who doesn't have a dustpan? Like, this is ridiculous. So we're trying to clean up all this glass with like a piece of paper, trying to sweep it on there. That was more irritating. My tree has been set up maybe 11 years now. We've had the same tree and it's so dusty because, you know, it's set up like we keep our tree up until right before Valentine's day. Then I take the tree down. And so it's set up for months, you know, just like collecting dust year after year after year. So it was irritating me so bad. So I put a mask on and I hate wearing masks. I know for you, healthcare people, you're like, this has always been my life. But even during the pandemic, I was like an anti-masker. Like, I will not put this mask on. I hate wearing this. So I'm like wearing this mask and I'm trying to set up my tree and now I'm sweating. I had my hair down for church. I'm literally sweating. Like I could feel the sweat, like dripping down my neck. So that was irritating. And so I go in my room, I like put my hair back. I ripped this stupid mask off and it was like everything that was happening was just making me worse. And I was just more triggered and more irritated. And my family started out in this really good mood from church, all happy, all good. And I saw because of my energy, my actions and my attitude, I saw the entire house just kind of shrink down, become really negative and irritated and grumpy. And they became just like me. And I thought of the scripture in Proverbs 15, one that says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And because my words were harsh and I was irritated and I was triggered and I was yelling and I was doing all this, it, it changed them to be like me. And I've shared before that the woman of the household, whether you have kids or not, whether you're married or not, the woman of the household really has a ton of influence that you don't even realize you have because your husband's or your boyfriend or your kids, everyone's always looking at you. Even if you're there by yourself and you have kids, I mean, everyone's looking to you like, mom, what are we having for dinner? Or honey, what do you want to do for dinner? Or what do you want to do with the tree? Or what do you want to make for new? Like, it's really on us to do all of this stuff. And we have a huge influential role in our families. And if we're triggered and we're stressed and we're irritated, that leeches onto our kids. And I don't know about you and how you were raised, but I was raised in a home where my mom was an angry bomb, And all she did was yell. And she would be in bad moods. And because I'm an empath, I would walk in and her energy would immediately just leech onto me and then I would be in a bad mood. And I hated that about her, that she would change my energy and I felt like I wasn't in control anymore. And really I wasn't because I had poor boundaries and boundaries are where you can clearly define where somebody ends and somebody begins. And nothing they do can come onto your side of the fence. So it doesn't matter their attitude, their emotion, their words. When you have good boundaries, it does not matter what someone else does in your space. It will not affect you. And the reason why we feel so out of control or when we're around someone who's triggering us like we're triggered by someone else or what someone does, maybe someone cuts you off while you're driving or you know somebody cuts you off in a line while you're shopping or someone's rude to you or whatever happens and you're irritated and you're triggered. If you have poor boundaries, that will trigger you. If you work on having really strong boundaries, that won't trigger you. And think of like being in a snow globe but like you are inside of the snow globe. And however you choose to have the energy and the temperature inside your snow globe is how it is. It doesn't matter who walks past it. It doesn't matter who shakes up the snow globe. You're like, nope, we're good. This is us. We're happy today. We're grateful. We're in a good mood. Nothing can get in. Now, that is really hard to get to a place where your boundaries are so good like that. And it's something I'm always striving for. And there's books like Boundaries that you can read. There's boundaries for parents, boundaries for boundaries with teens, boundaries for women, boundaries for men. There's the boundaries series has so many different books that you can look into and and read the first boundaries and then dive into the other ones so you can learn boundaries a little better. If this is something you struggle with, it should be something you work on in 2023. But we say like, oh, I'm triggered. And you're triggering me, or I feel triggered, it's, it's really up to us. And everything is happening inside of us. So for me, there really was nothing happening outside that was triggering me, it was all happening in my mind and in my head. This can be caused from mental illness, not taking care of yourself. Um, you know, like I said, in the beginning, if you're starving, and you haven't eaten breakfast, and you're on your seventh cup of coffee, you're probably going to lash out. You're going to be a little bit angry if you're not taking care of your own needs. And this is especially important if you have a large family that you're in in charge of, because a lot of moms just kind of lose their own identity and lose their own sense of taking care of themselves. They feel like it's bad or wrong, or I feel guilty. I shouldn't be putting myself first. But if you're not putting yourself first, then now you're just triggered and you're lashing out and you're not acting in a way that you should. So it's not selfish to take care of yourself and your own needs first. It's important. And I follow this girl on Instagram who has shown multiple reels of her kids crying at her feet, her little toddlers uh, crying at her feet. And she's sitting at the counter eating her cereal. And she's like, just so everyone knows, like all their needs were met. They are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They already ate. They're good to go. This is having healthy boundaries with my kids. They know I am finishing my breakfast and then I will pick you up and then I will take care of Then I will play with you. I need to eat first. And it really hit me a lot because how many times do we find ourselves doing that? Like, oh, okay, I'll just do this. I'll just get up. I didn't finish this, but I'll do this for you. And it's just like this people-pleasing It's this poor boundaries, but when you're triggered, like I was so triggered with setting up my tree and it was just one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, no one was really doing anything. It was my perspective. It was the emotion I was in was distorting my view of what was happening. And I was very, I was very offended and I was very defensive and I was short fused. It's how I was viewing everything was a little off. I felt like everyone was annoying. Everyone was a little irritating. Everyone was a little sassy. Even though they weren't, it was me that was the problem. So my son actually said, "Um, can we all just take a minute and change the energy in the room, please? And that's something I say all the time. And he recognized the energy in the room being so nasty. And even my husband came up to me and was like, Honey, just breathe. Stop. Just stop. And luckily, they have been in my family for some time now, and they know how to deal with me when I feel triggered and overwhelmed and overstimulated. Because it's even harder when you live with empaths that you're triggered and irritated, and instantly your husband's in a bad mood. Instantly, your kids are in a bad mood and they're lashing out on you. So what would have made the situation way worse is if my husband would have started fighting with me and saying things to me and triggering me even more. So that used to happen. And over time, we learned how to change this. I had to learn it with him. He had to learn it with me because since I'm an empath, which means I absorb people's energies around me, which you might be too. And it's a gift. It's also a curse. You know, it's a blessing and a curse. So you have to learn how to deal with the gift. But my husband used to come home from work and he would be just a little short, like he had a rough day. And I would instantly be like, what's the matter with you? What's wrong? Tell me what happened. Are you mad at me? Like I would get like this and then it would make things worse. So that can happen, but I want to give you some real do's and don'ts this holiday season. And then my number one, Biggest way that I avoid stress in my life that I figured out this year. And I really honed in on mastering the skill and it completely changed everything about how I live my life. So some triggers um, are some things that you need to do when you're triggered. You need to remove yourself from the situation if you can now, not all the things that I give you are going to be things that you can do. You might be triggered at work. You can't just get up and pack your stuff and leave. Um, so some of these things are things that you're not going to be able to do. But if you can't, if you can't do them, great. So remove yourself from the situation. And it doesn't have to be a long time. Maybe you can just go take a bathroom break when you're at work. Or you go walk outside around the building. or you. Go in your room for 10 to 15 minutes and say, we're actually going to pause setting up the Christmas tree. I need some time alone to change my energy. I'll be back in 10, 15 minutes. Please do not knock on my door. Please do not come in here. And this is a really great thing to explain to the people in your house what you're doing because it's teaching them what to do when they're triggered. So kids get triggered just like adults do. And if kids never learn how to deal with their triggers, well, then they just become adults that are triggered and they teach their kids the wrong things as well. And the generational curse just continues. So if you're someone who's triggered a lot, tell your kids. So I'm working on this thing where when I feel like I'm triggered, like my energy is in a bad place and I feel overwhelmed and overstimulated and just like I want to scream, I'm working on doing some things and even put these on your fridge if you want, like when you're feeling triggered, here's a list of things that you should be doing that are healthy things. Because, like I said, we're going to cover the don't do list. These are things that you think are going to make you feel better and they actually make you feel worse in the long run. So, removing yourself from the situation, uh, my favorite thing to do is to go in my room, shut the door, go in the bathroom. Sometimes I pretend like I'm taking a shower when I'm not, and I'll go in there and turn the water on, sit in the bathroom. And pray and like truly remove all distractions and pray that God helps to change my energy, to change my mindset, to change my mood. And I always start with praying. You can't just continue to decorate the tree or continue to shop or continue to wrap the gifts with your kids. Like, you can't continue in the chaos while you're in your head, like, God, please help me get out of this mood. While well, you're still in the chaotic moment. You have to remove yourself. God, of course, hears you as you're in the chaos saying, Lord, help me. But you're showing him that you're serious and you seriously want help when you're like, look, I removed myself. Here I am. Help me, God. And an extra step, something that would be really great for you to do is if you could grab your stack of note cards that you've made and you can read the scriptures that will help you when you're in this moment. So you can actually do your own little study here and you can go to openbible.info and click on the top link that says topical Bible and it'll say scriptures on blank. And you fill in the blank, type in triggers type in triggers. What, what does the Bible say about triggers? What does the Bible say about anger? And get your own card deck together of scriptures that you can go in your room by yourself. When you're triggered, you can grab your note cards and you can read them out loud. You're reading God's word. You're reading. God is saying, here is my answer to you. You're in there praying, Lord, help me. And his word is your answer. He says, do not be anxious about anything. He says, fear not. He says, turn to me and I will help your problems go away. He says all of these things. So if you have this like emergency deck of cards that you can go through when you're feeling like this, you will start to feel better. Another thing that you can do is change the music or turn music on. So if you have no music on, put some music on. And if you have music on, maybe turn it off or change it, we had Christmas music playing and I love Michael Buble's Christmas album. And that's what we always listen to while I decorate the tree. But for whatever reason, I was like, can we just turn this off, please? Can we just have no music for a couple minutes? Like I just needed that to change things. And music really does change a lot. And maybe you wanna put headphones in and listen to music for five, 10 minutes. While you're continuing to work or you're continuing in this situation, but you want to just be more personal experience and you listen to something. Worship music is always great. You know, always good. Listen to your favorite Christian artist or your favorite song that always pulls you out of a good place. If you want to take an extra step, create a playlist, create a stressed out playlist of all the songs that are good, that you like, like a good mood playlist. And these don't have to just be christian songs okay these can be other songs like there are songs from my high school days that every time they come on i'm like yes i love this song like it can be like that if you were into you know, punk rock music when you were growing up and that like, brings you back listen to some like the used or whatever it is like play that put that on your list as long as it's you know not slipknot talking about stabbing you in the eyes or anything, you know, crazy like that. But put your songs on, make a playlist so that you can access this very easily next time you're triggered. A very obvious thing to do, which is not so obvious when you're in the moment, and it's actually the, this is actually the first thing that I do when I'm triggered, and then I go into my room and shut the door and spend time with God, is I get a big glass of water and I make myself something healthy. So I'll either grab like a banana, an apple, something quick that's healthy. And I'll get a big glass of water because you probably are a little dehydrated and you probably should have eaten something. And now I'm saying something healthy because what we want to do is I'm going to Taco Bell, okay? This is on the don'ts list. And I'm not saying Taco Bell is the devil and don't you dare go there. I'm just saying that when you're triggered, there are things you want to avoid versus when you're not triggered. So it depends. If you are triggered, don't reach for junk food, reach for something healthy and a big glass of water and chug your water and go in your room and shut the door. Another thing that really helps is listing gratitudes. Now you can actually physically write these down if you want to in a journal. Which I am really excited to tell you that last night I spent about an hour putting together my journal that I want to sell and I went through my old journals and grabbed the the things that I wrote at the top so I can give you like prompts at the top of each journal page of things to do like things God has been teaching you lately or things you're praying for, um, just all kinds of stuff. And it was flowing so quickly. And I was just making like page after page, after page, after page. And I have like 40 something pages done. And it was so exciting. I'm like, I cannot even wait to publish this. This is going to be life-changing for so many people. And that's why I'm like, I have to get this out because when I recorded the episode the other day, um episode 95, The Five Steps to Hope. And I talked about if you're someone in the deep trench of the valley, here's what you need to do. I actually um and in the episode, I talked about releasing the valley guide that will be free that you can download and you can see the five steps. I completed that last night and I sent it over to my editor. So I think I'll have it back by the end of today, and I'll be able to have it posted, which is really awesome. But then we recorded episode ninety six, and it was your twenty twenty three focus. So if you miss these episodes, you need to go back and listen because they were crucial, especially if you plan on listening to season two of our podcast launching in January. You have to do these. And this is what you should be focusing on right now as you're closing off your year. But your twenty twenty three focus, I talked about the three different types of people that I help, whether you're in the valley, You're trying to stay out of the valley or you've gotten out and now you want to build a business, a brand. You want to inspire other people and help them out of the valley. And when I defined those three types of people, I realized that no matter where you are, if you're type one, two, or three, each type of person needs to be journaling. These were huge huge tools that helped me in all of these three areas. I literally I am bold enough to say that I do not think that I would be where I am right now if I didn't journal. And I never used to journal and it took me forever to start finally journaling and it was so hard to get in that routine. And when I'm coaching someone, whether it's one-on-one or we're just talking about something casually, I always ask people, "Do you journal?" You need to write this down. And then nobody actually ever does it. I'm like, did you write that down? No, I never did. I'm like, why didn't you write it down? I don't know. Journaling's just so hard. I don't know how to start it. I don't know what to do. Like people are so intimidated by journaling. You're not a good writer. You're not good with talking about emotion. You're not, what do I even write? I sit down, like, what am I even going to do? So I knew that I had to get this out there because I can't expect people to grow and get out of the valley or stay out or build something if they're not writing down what God is doing for them. And to have the journal at the end of the year to look back on is the most amazing thing and a beautiful tool to look to see, wow, these 10 things are things that I was praying for and God answered all 10 of them. Or these were things that God was showing me and look how it turned into this. And it's just very cool when you can look back and you can see how God has brought you through each season and what he has spoken to you and how it was true, because what it does is it helps you to trust God and trust in the Holy Spirit inside of yourself. So you start to lean into those gut feelings, those intuitive feelings. And I wrote a Uh, I wrote a little journal entry here that I want to share with you in September, and this is what I call a breadcrumb. So if you've been with me for a while, you know what a breadcrumb is. If you haven't and you're a new listener, a breadcrumb is a little piece of goodness you see that God laid before you to keep you on the right path. So picture you're following Jesus down this path and you're looking very intentionally on the ground for the next sign of where to go. And if you're not intentional, you'll miss the breadcrumb and you'll walk right past it. But if you're very intentional on looking for the breadcrumbs, you will see them and you will find them. And especially if you're journaling them. So this is something I put in the journal that I'm creating several times a month for you to look and see. But this one I wrote, BC encircled it, so I remember looking back that it's a breadcrumb, and it says, God brought me here to this retreat to hear from Melissa. She is looking for interns to train under her, and she coaches you for an entire year. She's an author for Lifeway and a public speaker. I just know I am going to get the job and connection. I know she is exactly who I'm I'm supposed to meet next. Lord, lead me, speak to me, guide me and help me to be patient and in your will. I want to speak and write and encourage women in the valley. I want to inspire them to be the best version of themselves. You already know that. Lord, help me to do this in your will and in your time. Thank you for bringing me, Melissa. I knew the second I saw this woman on stage, that is why I was at the retreat. And I wrote that down while I was at the retreat. And so, fast forward, that was in September. Fast forward, I applied to her internship when God spoke to me again and said, Apply. What are you doing? Why haven't you applied yet? And I immediately applied. And then I got news that I got the internship and I begin the internship next year with Melissa Spolstra, a Lifeway public speaker and author. And it's a huge thing. And I knew. That guy, I knew it when I saw her, I'm like, I'm going to get the internship. Like, I know what's happening. I know it's coming. And it's because I journaled. So now the next time the Holy spirit is urging me to do something, because when I, I did not want to go to this retreat, I had anxiety about leaving my family. I didn't really know anybody. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to go. I tried to back out, but I knew that the Holy spirit was telling me I have to go. So I have learned to trust that feeling, even if my brain doesn't agree, I have learned to trust the feeling because I have so many journal entries like this that I can go back and look at and see, wow, I was right. The Holy Spirit was right. God was right. And so it helps me to trust him faster. And I think without journaling, I would have still gotten to where I am i wouldn't be here yet it would really prolong the entire process so if you want to be healed as quickly as possible and you want to find your purpose as quickly as possible and you want to go through the different steps of people i coach and you want to eventually build a brand or build a business where you're 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 inspiring people you're helping the broken you're making money you're financially free you're doing what you love then you need to be journaling. You have to be doing it. It'll make it so much faster for you. And journaling is one of the best things that you can do. You can write your gratitudes in a physical journal, or you can just list these in your head. You'll be surprised at how quickly your mindset can turn around by listing your gratitudes. And what I do because it's hard to stay focused, to list your gratitudes. I start with things that are closest to me and then I move further away. So I'm like, thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you, Lord, for the clothes on my body. Thank you for breath in my lungs. Thank you that I live in the United States. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for glasses so I can see. Thank you for this car I'm driving. Thank you for heat. Thank you for the radio and this song. Thank you for paved roads. Thank you for roads that I can get to where I'm going. Thank you for the health of my children. Thank you for providing for us and having a school that they can go to. Thank you for the weather, even though it's cloudy. Thank you that we're not in a snowstorm or hurricane or something crazy. And then you just move like further out, further out, further out. And you're listing all of the things. Another thing that you can do is list the smallest things. Try to think of the smallest, most random things that you can list. Just go into a room and look around and say the things that aren't obvious. Like right now, looking around my office, I have in front of me, I have this baby doll who's just like sitting in front of my keyboard like here Um, because I was playing doctor with Skylar yesterday as I was making my journal and um, this was uh, the baby that she just had. She just delivered this baby. So this is technically my granddaughter. And so she's sitting here. I have this like Barbie castle thing sitting on my printer. I have um, this mermaid sleeping on this beautiful Kleenex bed next to me. Um, I have a whole Barbie Jeep on the, on the floor. I, so you can look around. I could be irritated. Like, why is your stuff in my space? Why do you clean up your stuff? But instead, I look at this stuff, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for blessing me with children, that I have little kids. This is a sign that little kids live in my house, that I have little people that God gave me as a blessing. Or you're cleaning, you're cleaning your space, you're cleaning your room, you're making your bed. God, thank you that I have a bed to sleep in tonight. Thank you for this bed. Thank you for this carpet that I'm able to clean. Think about the things that you don't like to do and change them into be positives, and I swear it will change your mindset. This is a a really old trick where it works. You can even buy gratitude journals. If you go on Amazon and type in gratitude journals, and you can find a bunch of them, there there are some that just have you list three a day um, for a year, and you cannot repeat any. There are some where you can repeat and they have you list as many as you can each day. And at the end of the year, you can look back and see a journal filled with things you're thankful for. So these are some things that you can do when you're feeling triggered. Things that you don't want to do when you're feeling triggered. You don't wanna go make yourself a margarita. Okay, I'm not saying margaritas are bad. And you should feel shame and condemnation because you drink margaritas. I'm saying that if you're triggered, you shouldn't be reaching for a drink to feel better. Drinking a margarita or a glass of wine or a cold draft beer or whatever your thing is, is okay if you're in a good place mentally. It's not okay if you're stressed and you just need to have a drink because I'm stressed out and the Who needs a glass of wine? Let's go drink. Like, that's not what you want to be doing. That's going to lead to over drinking. And it's going to cause you to be more triggered the next day or triggered in the moment. It's what happens. You don't want to smoke. If you're triggered and you're smoking, it's not actually helping you. It's going to trigger you even more when you move forward. A lot of people are like, okay, Taryn, I don't really have a drinking problem and I don't smoke, but I go right on Amazon and I just start add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. Or I go to Target and I walk the aisles and I grab anything that I want. You know, you don't have the money for that. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, those are things that you don't even really, really, really want you just think that you're going to feel better. And I know this because this is a way that I coped for a really long time is I would be stressed and I would just buy stuff in hopes that it would make me feel better. And I would buy, 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 buy. And then something would click in me where I felt overwhelmed with all the stuff I had. And then I would go through a phase where I was just purging everything. I was going through all my drawers, like getting rid of all this stuff, getting rid of all this house stuff, getting rid of clothes, getting rid of Like, because I felt like there was too much stuff and it was suffocating me. And I would get rid of stuff and I'd go to the Salvation Army and give away all my stuff. And then something would click and I would start shopping again. And I would need more stuff and I would need more stuff. And I would need, and the stuff I was buying were things that I didn't, I really felt like I needed in the moment, but they were things that I never even really loved. I never wore them all the time. They weren't my go to sweatpants that I wore every day. You know, they weren't like the thing that I loved. After like a day or two, I didn't even really care about it. And that's what I love about Amazon. So if you're someone who wants to shop when you don't feel very well, a good thing to do is you can go on Amazon and you can shop and you can add things to your cart. Don't check out. Like add them to your cart. I have a rule in my house for me and for my children because one of my sons is just like me as a compulsive buyer and so our rule is 48 hours add it to the cart if in 48 hours you still feel the exact same about it then you can buy it if you don't and most of the time I don't most of the time I forget to even go back in 48 hours and check and see what I have and then when I go to check out the next time I'm like oh what is all this stuff no I don't need this coffee cup I don't need these slippers I don't need this row I don't need this stuff and you can get rid of it. You don't need more stuff. Uh, something that a lot of people do is seek out attention. So this is especially uh, you if you're single, and it feels good for people to notice you. It feels good for people to see you and approve of you and desire you and to pay attention to you and show you affection and all of these things. Now you might be someone who's married and you're still seeking this out and just remember that there is no sin struggle or temptation that has fallen on you that isn't common to everyone. So don't feel condemned or bad. If you are seeking out the intention of other men and you're married, don't act on it. And you need to be aware of it. And you need to pray and you need to change it, but it's just a temptation out there. And if you're single and you're like, I'm going to get dressed up and I'm going to go out, that is not bad in itself, but it's bad when you're triggered and you're in a bad place and you're going to get all done out and go out because now you want attention from other people. And that is not what you should be doing. Isolating. You could do the opposite. Like I'm not getting done up and going out. I'm going to lock myself in this room and I'm not leaving. I'm going to just lay in this bed for hours and hours and hours. If you're like me, you'll fake sick because if you're sick, you can lay there. So you're like, I really don't feel good. Like, I really think my throat's hurting. I'm kind of tired. You know, you you are in bed. You're isolating. You're ignoring phone calls. Big one. You're ignoring phone calls. You have bad thoughts going through your head because you can lay in your bed for three hours and watch Netflix and not be isolating. But you can lay in your bed for an hour and you are isolating. It's not the amount of time you're locking yourself in a room. It's the thoughts going through your head while you're in there, the emotion you feel, what you're watching, and are you cutting yourself off from the world? You might just be scrolling social media, which is another thing that you don't want to do when you're feeling triggered or you're feeling stressed because the last thing you want to do is just scroll 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 on social media all you're doing is comparing yourself to everyone else and you're like look at their tree look at their family look at their stuff look at what they have look at all their money look at other things they buy look at their house like i used to do that all the time and comparison is the biggest thief of joy you're making this gratitude list of like lord thank you for heat thank you for this bed thank you for the air in my lungs, you're trying to like, think of all these little things. And then all of a sudden you're like, I want an Escalade. I want a big house. I want that big tree. I want a new purse. I want to have those, those lashes. I want to look like that. Like it's totally undoing everything you just did. It's making it worse. Focus on you. And if you cannot make your thoughts obey you and stop focusing on others, You need to delete the social media apps on your phone for a period of time until you can learn how to use them the right way. And that's okay. If you have to do that, then do it. More power to you. You also don't want to be eating bad food because bad food makes you feel even worse. So if you're stressed out and you're triggered and you're irritated and you're going and you're just eating pizza, you're eating Taco Bell, like I said, you're you're eating sweets, I just need cookies, I just need brownies, I just need chips, I'm just going to binge eat, that's not going to make you feel better in the moment at all. That's not going to make you untriggered. That's going to continue. Now you're going to feel kind of gross. You're going to feel tired. Now you're going to be mad at yourself for doing that. Why did I eat all that food? I feel so fat. I feel so bloated. Now you're telling yourself all these negative, nasty things about yourself don't go down that road, especially over the holidays, being triggered. We have to remember that the reason for the holidays, the reason for the season is Jesus is celebrating his birth here on this earth. And you might, you might feel there's two types of people, really. There's, there's the type of person that is being invited to everything. And you're a party and another gift exchange and another white elephant and another, you know, Santa opportunity and all these things where you're constantly and being invited to all of these things, or you're someone who has nothing to do and you weren't invited to parties and you weren't invited in a gift exchange, I want you to know that no matter where you are right now, if you're someone who is crazy busy and you've been invited to everything, I want you to know that you're allowed to say no. And it's good boundaries and it's okay if people think you're the Scrooge and it's okay if people think you're not participating. It doesn't matter. You don't have to say yes to every single party, every single opportunity. You don't have to do all of the things. Like my church has a lot of events and um, I'm connected with a lot of people at the church. So I'm invited to a lot of things. And a lot of times it says like, if you can bring a dish to pass or if you can bring the cookies for the cookie exchange, sometimes I don't bring anything and that's okay. Like we're so focused on what people are going to say about us. And Oh my gosh, I'm going to walk in. I'm not going to have anything. I'm going to feel like such a loser. They're going to think that I'm poor. They're going to think that I'm whatever. Like people are not that focused on you. They're not. Everyone's focused on themselves. And I promise you, when I have had events and I have asked people to bring a dish to pass if they were able to, I cannot tell you who brought one and who did it. Like you probably don't have a clue what other people are doing. No one really cares. And it doesn't matter if you truly can't afford it or you can, and you just don't feel like it. It's okay. And especially if you're in a season right now, because of the holidays, there's always more things to buy. There's gifts, there's things. And if you're in a season where you don't have a lot of money, remember the focus is on Jesus. You're not a good mom or a better mom or a better wife or a better family member or anything if you're spending money and buying gifts for people. But we have this thing in our family that we decided on a couple of years ago. We don't swap gifts in our family. I do with my kids. Like they don't give me gifts, but I give my kids gifts and I give my nephews and my nieces gifts. And that is it. We don't buy for anyone else. And we all just had a conversation about it. And when I'm the one, my husband and I are the ones who brought it up. Everyone in my family was like, yes, we're on board with this. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you brought this up because you're right. We need to not be focusing on this. And so I was thinking it and I brought it up. And then the rest of my family was like, yes, next year, we're not doing it. So you might be the person in the family that needs to be bold or in the friend group to be like, let's just get together and enjoy each other's company. Let's not do an exchange or let's not do things with extra money or extra stress. And you're allowed to say no. It doesn't matter if you're the only one who doesn't bring a present for the exchange. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Also, um... You don't have to buy gifts for all of your kids' teachers. Especially if you're in a season where you can't afford it, you should not be doing that. Make them a card. Get creative. Do something if you really want to do something. You can do something for free. Uh, You don't have to do something. Boundaries, remember. And so if you're someone who's in a place where you have nothing really to do, you're not being invited to any parties. You're not a part of any gift exchanges. I know it can feel lonely. And I've been talking to a lot of people who feel very lonely this season. But I want you to know, and I want you to think of the blessing of this is that you have less distractions and you're able to focus more on the true meaning and the true reason. You're never alone. God is always there beside you, always. You are never alone ever. He is always there. So if you don't have a ton of distractions, I want you to flip your mindset and think of it as a good thing. Make a gratitude list about that and use this time right now until the new year to really focus on spending time with Jesus. Read the story of Jesus, the Christmas story. You can go on Google and type in what scriptures do I read to learn about Christmas? It'll tell you every single scripture that you need to read. Go through and read that. Take notes on it. Highlight things in your Bible. Um, I love The Chosen. And if you haven't watched The Chosen yet, you need to. It's completely free. They just released the third season. And they also have The Chosen Christmas special out right now. And it is so good. And you learn so much. And it's completely free. So remember, the, the whole point of this season is not gifts it's not parties. It's not exchanges. It's, it's Jesus being born into this world, our savior being born and delivering us from the evil one. Like it was such a huge moment. And so many people are just like freaking out standing in lines and hustling and bustling and stressing and triggering. Like it's not about that. So you can also go on Pinterest And you can look out, like, type in, like, Christmas Advent stuff. Uh, There's a lot of stuff for free that you can do where you can show your family what it really means during the season. Like, one thing my friend Lisa did is she wrote a scripture on um, on a strip of paper, and then she folded it and stapled it and then made a chain. And so each chain on the inside had a scripture written on them, and every day she would open it and her kids would read the scripture and each scripture was on something to do with Christmas and Jesus being born and it was free and it took her 15 minutes to do and she hung it up and now her kids get to do that so get a little creative even if you don't have kids do it for yourself do it for you and and you know really dive in deep to the main reason of Christmas so The last thing that I want to tell you is the thing on stress that I said changed my whole life this year, and it was becoming proactive instead of being reactive. So reactive living means like instantly you think of something and you have to do it. So reactive living is, oh, the house is dirty. I need to clean it right now. Oh, the dishwasher is dirty. I need to unload it. Oh, I, my kids are like, oh, we're hungry at 6.30. And you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to have for dinner? Like people are doing stuff and it's making you react. And you're doing things based on what happens in your day. So at the beginning of the day and you look at your day, you don't really have a plan for what you're going to do because you don't know what's going to be thrown at you. So you're always running late. You're always last minute everything. You're last minute shopping, last minute buying. You know, it's Christmas Eve and you're buying Christmas presents. It's the day of the school musical and you're at the store looking for the dress. It's, you know, these are the things. And I used to be like this. I remember waking up on Valentine's Day and realizing I never got my daughter Valentine's Day cards for her party or a treat that she was supposed to bring in. And I woke up with her and we needed to leave for school. That was very triggering and very stressful for me because it was Valentine's Day and I went to six stores and couldn't find any cards. I ended up having to go to the dollar store and getting individual cards for her class because I was like, this is better than nothing. Like, what am I going to do? And it just created so much extra stress in my life. So how I was able to change that, and I really am a very proactive person now. I've been done with my Christmas shopping for about a week and a half now. I have everything I need for parties, for gifts, for food, everything. And I've done a very good job at this, but it was because I learned how to do it. So to start being proactive means that, you're going to tell your day what you're doing. Your day isn't telling you what you're doing. So you need to just start looking ahead on your calendar. And if you're someone who's always behind and you're always stressed and this is you're very reactive, just look at today. Just start by looking at what do I have to do today? And after you figure out what you have to do today, what do I have to do tomorrow? And just start making it a habit that you are planned for tomorrow before tomorrow happens. And then when you do good with having, staying a day ahead of yourself, then try to go like two or three days ahead and then go into a week. I like to do, um, I like to do a week and how I do this is I have a big, uh, I bought it on Amazon. It's a magnetic calendar. So it's very thin, just like one magnet sheet and it's a blank calendar. And I put this on my fridge and I write out at the beginning of the month everything we have on the calendar as a family. And as things get added, we write it on there. So I can see it in front of me, and I can see the things on my calendar that are really important. like i I've seen that my daughter has a musical, a Christmas musical tomorrow night. She has to be there at five forty five. So I know she needs an outfit for it, which we already got. I know that she, you know, needs something to wear on her head, like a headband or whatever for like a holiday headband. And we were ahead of this. So we knew what to do. Now, right now it's the 14th and you probably aren't done Christmas shopping. So what you can do is you can make a list. What do I have to buy for people and actually sit down and give yourself this space today to think about what to do. Who do I still need to buy for? And write down who they are. Write down what you're going to buy them. And then write down is is there any like, do I need to do anything for my kids for Christmas? Like do they need anything? Um, Not gift-wise, but like do they have a holiday party at school or do they have an exchange at their hobby they're in or whatever it is, like writing down anything that your kids may need. You can even go to the thrift store. And like, this is something a lot of people forget about, but we have a thrift store in our town. It's not even like that good of a thrift store, but there are a ton of holiday things that are in the thrift store right now. Decorations and clothing. You don't have to go order a brand new dress for your daughter for Christmas. Go to the thrift store and pay three bucks and get a cute one. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money on this stuff, whether you have money or you don't like, you don't need to be spending all your money on stuff like this. This is not what matters. Don't get caught up in like, we need the best dress. We need the best stuff. We need the best dish. We need the best. It doesn't matter for to, what extent are you going to do this just to be like, oh, she was the best. Nobody's even going to say that. So like, you're not even going to get your applause. You're not even going to get that feeling because nobody is even going to notice that you had all of this stuff. The reason why you're, you're staying ahead of it is so that you're not stressed out and you're not running late and freaking out and where's the stuff? And we have to stop at the store on the way to the party and the, because that makes you lash out and yell at your kids and change your energy and get mad. And now they're mad. And now we're all crying in the car and we're supposed to go take pictures with Santa. Like it's, it's not about that. So as the mom or as the wife or as the woman, Like be organized and look at what you have going on and see in your schedule, how can I add this into my schedule and set a deadline for me? I said I was going to be completely done Christmas shopping by Black Friday. I'm like, it's going to happen. So set a deadline for yourself and say, I'm going to be completely done Christmas shopping by the 18th, by the 20th. So that you know, I'm going to be done and then I'm going to wrap my stuff and I'm going to be done and I'm not going to be stressed out. Last year, I stayed up and not just last year, every year that I've had kids and Christmas, I stay up till three or four o'clock in the morning wrapping gifts. So when my kids wake up at six and want to unwrap gifts, I am grumpy and I do not want to wake up. And I really feel like I ruin Christmas morning because I'm just irritated and I'm tired and I'm like, I guess, yeah, go open your stockings. Like, I'm not like, you know, waking up early and making a quiche and like, have this, like, you know, I'm like just miserable. And it's because I am not planned out because I'm not proactive in my living. You have to be proactive and being proactive is completely free. There's no excuse to not be proactive. This will truly help you so much. I promise take the stress off of you and you'll feel so put together you'll be like, I can't believe I already have all my stuff done. I can't believe I already have my outfit picked out for for New Year's. I can't believe I already know what I'm going to bring to the Christmas Eve party. Like, just having those things, it's really going to help you out a lot. And remember, you're allowed to say no. You are an adult, and you can say no. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to give anyone an explanation. You can say no. No, I'm not coming to the party. No, I'm not participating in the gift exchange. No, I did not bring a gift. No, I did not bring a dish to pass. No, and that is okay. And if you have people in your life that when you say no, they get triggered or they get angry with you and they're not accepting of that, then that's probably a sign that that person's a little bit toxic and you should be distancing yourself from them anyway. Because if you have true friends, they should love you and understand And if you feel like you don't have any friends who love you and understand and really accept you for who you are and are good, healthy friendships, pray that God brings you more healthy friendships in your life. And you watch him bring you friends in 2023, so many friends that you won't even believe it. And you're going to be journaling about the people God brought into your life. And you're going to be able to look back and think, I have so many healthy friends and God has distanced me from the toxic relationships. Because I prayed and I asked, and it was one of my prayers last year, and I can't even tell you how many new friends I've made this year. It's been incredible. So don't let the season get away from you and don't let don't get distracted and think of things that you shouldn't be thinking of. And if you haven't listened to episodes uh, ninety five and ninety six, make sure you take some time to listen to those because I talk a lot about what you should be focusing on right now going into the new year because you don't want to just start the new year like, okay, now what? It's 2023. You want to have a little bit of thought, a little bit of prayer behind it and stay tuned for my journal. I'm going to release it at the beginning of January and that five steps to hope guide the valley guide that's free that I'm releasing. It'll be, it'll be in the link in my bio by the end of the week for sure. So. Thank you for being here. I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Don't be triggered. And I'll see you for season two in January. I'm going to miss you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here